Welcome to Empower Humans. Welcome again to the Empower Humans podcast. This is episode 111, my friends. What a magical number, 111. And uh, today we have Charlie Hartwell, who is the co-founder of the Shifted Institute about paradigm shifts, getting our minds right, all sorts of things there, as well as managing partner of Bridge Builders Collaborative, uh, an investment group. Uh, he's going to talk to us today about all kinds of stuff related to mindfulness, uh, finding clear, calm, focused thought processes, mind training, getting our minds to the, to the right place. I think <laughs> a lot of us as humans, we're just touching the tip of the iceberg as far as the absolute power of our minds, the way we think, the way we take care of our minds, uh, the way we choose to look at the world in general and all the things that go on in it. I want to remind you as always up front, before we jump into the interview, you are absolutely priceless. Nothing anyone's done, said, is doing right now, anything like that, uh, the way they live their lives, the way they dress, good or bad, anything can influence that because it's an unending state. You are absolutely priceless. And along with that, you're never alone. A lot of people are going through all kinds of stuff right now. Kids uh, out of school and uh, this virus situation, job losses, and uh, having to wear masks everywhere in some places as well. All sorts of things going on with that. In my case, you know, my kids had some sport things lined up. Uh, whole seasons of sports were canceled and uh, concerts and other events. So a lot of people are going through a lot of stuff right now. You are not alone if you're part of that. And if you're not going through anything, congratulations. Uh, enjoy the podcast regardless. But before we jump into that too, real quick, our challenges. Study, keep studying, start studying. I use these apps, Hoopla Digital and Libby through the local library systems and look for that in your area, wherever you are. Uh, these apps are incredible because they have access to tons of books and generally it's for free. Um, I think in every area it's free, but uh, don't quote me on that for sure. Uh, but you have access to audiobooks and music and all kinds of things galore. Uh, but it's one incredible way to study at virtually no cost except for your internet connection and maybe a smartphone or computer or whatever the case might be for you. So study, keep studying, stimulate that mind, stay active mentally, physically, spiritually, and of course, make great moments. This is an amazing thing in the sense that this can happen just in our day-to-day -day activities. If I'm heading over to the store and I say, hey, son, can you come with me and have a conversation in the car and all these things uh, that transpire because you're just spending time together doing normal life activities. It doesn't always have to be a big production. You don't have to hire a clown or a singogram to come to the door or whatever. Is that what they're called? Uh, or any number of things. But you can do those things too. We have all kinds of options and we need to get excited about life. We need to kind of romanticize our lives more, I think. Uh, we get caught up in all this nonsense going on in the world and then we just get down and we let life uh, kind of get to us and not not go out and do those things that uh, would make life way more enjoyable and uh, raise everyone's spirits so keep that in mind but make great moments whatever that might be for you and again that's generally with loved ones friends family co-workers uh, make great moments and of course the last challenge let's keep doing this podcast together i'm excited to bring in this interview charlie hartwell has all kinds of great things to say and some real great insights he did tell me about an app called insight timer and i'm going to check that out uh, all kinds of meditations and things that he told us about there that uh, you can tap into as well so uh, I'm going to go check out the Insight Timer app. He said that's one of his key tools that he uses personally. And uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things related to all that. So without further ado, here is our interview with the one and only Charlie Hartwell. Here we go. We are pleased to welcome Charlie Hartwell, who is co-founder of the Shifted Institute and managing partner of the Bridge Builders Collaborative uh, Investment Group. And uh, just wanted to invite you on, Charlie, because uh, did some research and looked at a lot of what you do, and it has a lot to do with what we talk about a lot on the podcast. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm great, Phil. Good to be here. Good. It's good to have you. Now, you're coming uh, to us from Park City. Is It uh, It must be warm now because we're doing this in July, finally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you much of a skier? Because I know there's a lot of that up there. I, yeah, there's a lot of skiing. Not we this actually, time of year. Not this time of year. But uh, uh, I am a skier. However, uh, in the winters, we try to get out of here into warmer climates. We go down, down to Palm Springs. So uh, yeah. I don't get a lot of skiing in. Yeah, well, I, I agree with that sentiment, getting the, to the warm weather. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I lived in Utah for a while myself, as I mentioned before. And uh, living in L.A., was uh, the weather was a great change, but there's some other... Uh, trade-offs when you go to a place like LA too, taxes and traffic and all, <laughs> all yeah. that. So, uh, but it's you're smart because you just go 
as like a trip and then you go back where you live. Uh, anyway, let's, let's uh, chat about some of this. And I, I always like to kind of know people's background a little bit uh, up front or what brought you to this place where you're doing this and as far back as you'd like to go, maybe where you're from and so on. But uh, what key moments and triggers in your life have brought you to this, this place where you're doing these great things? Well, sort of, uh, there's kind of two answers to that question. So there's a professional and then maybe there's the, you know, more spiritual uh, answer to the question. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll start with, I'll start with uh, professional. Um, It seems like in my career, everything that I've been involved with has been about um, change, innovation, authentic leadership and growth. I've worked in about 14 different industries over my career. Um, you know, I, you know, sort of classically trained at Harvard Business School uh, and, you know, I've had various roles, startup, you know, startups, domestic, international, worked for big companies, small companies to turn around. Uh, and then my wife actually introduced me to, uh, to the space I'm in now. Uh, she was involved in something called the Mind and Life Institute, um, and that was do, you know that was doing a lot of the research around sort of the contemplative uh, studies field, contemplative sciences. Oh. And uh, I got connected with some investors that were asking the question whether or not um, the science around contemplation uh, and you know mindfulness had gotten to a place where there might be anything to invest in to take that research to scale. They found me through the Mind and Life Institute, and and I began working for them. And then, you know, from a spiritual perspective, I had my own, I'm just going to describe it as, you know, awakening, um, the different words for it. Yeah. But probably, you know, 15 to 17 years ago, uh, a lot of death in my life. I, you know, mm. sort of my father died and my grandfather died within two years of each other. Wow. Uh, one of my businesses, you know, died. That had never happened to me before. Uh, and my marriage had been, you know, of 18 years had been dead for years and I, I didn't even know it. And I, you know, I got to a point where I just wasn't, uh, I wasn't happy. I wasn't, uh, uh, I was suffering and it got to a point where I reached out and sought help. And that was really my, my, my beginning of really ex- exploring on a much deeper level who I am, uh, you know, what are my, what are my gifts? What, what's my purpose, et cetera. So, so that sort of, you know, combined with the professional, uh, background that explains a little bit why I'm helping to now, um, scale movement around, um, consciousness, uh, mindfulness, et cetera, through, you know, through investing in startup companies. Wow. Interesting. Well, and first up front, I'd like to say sorry to hear about those those deaths. That is part of what we all experience here in this life. But I'm sorry to hear about that. And and these these moments sounds like for you and lots of people uh, can be big opportunities. Some experience of a lot of pain uh, and you know introspective view of what we are and how do we get here and where do we go from here. Uh, I think we all kind of go through. <laughs> some version of that uh, at various moments maybe in our lives. So uh, tell me a little bit about this. uh, When you talk about mindfulness and uh, contemplation, I think a lot of us know what that is, but what, in your own words, what exactly is that as kind of, it sounds like kind of the centerpiece of a lot of what you focus on. Well, I'd say it's actually the chapter one of what we focus on. Okay. Um, So, uh, you know, so, Mindfulness has been described as, you know, living, you know, present, uh, you know, living in the present moment, um, you know, moment to moment being, you know, sort of being here now, um, you know, living, living in the moment, not judgmentally. There's lots of different, you know, definitions, but it's really, I think about, um, you know, about trying to develop a practice where we be where we take time to ourselves where we're you know trying to live moment by moment versus ruminating on the past ruminating on the future just like living and experiencing life in in the present so you know nine years ago the science around mindfulness and meditation 
uh, and you know things like compassion, et cetera. Uh, it got to a point where you know we began looking at companies to invest in, uh, and we made several investments in that space, like uh, you know Headspace, um, oh, yeah. uh, behavioral plat- health platforms like Happify. Uh, and Interaxon, which make makes the Muse brain sensing headband, you know, so you can meditate and actually see your, you know, sort of your brain waves in real time. Uh, so sort of a meditation trainer. Um, so we made several investments in that space, and that space has grown. I'd say that you know, on the platforms we've invested in, probably a hundred million people are meditating that weren't meditating before, um, and. And now we're really asking ourselves the question of how can we provide invitations for people to go deeper um, and, you know, deeper from, from, from meditating maybe 10 minutes a day to really going deeper into, you know, the, the suffering or the trauma um, going deeper into the stories that we tell ourselves going deeper into, you know, connecting to ourselves uh, and connecting more deeply with others. Uh, and yeah. so, so we've actually kind of shifted our, our investment thesis over the last year or so. Wow. Yeah. It's such a, uh, fascinating topic really. And, and I thought it was interesting when you, when you're responding about mindfulness too, you're talking about living in the moment. When I think of mindfulness and these things I associate, like you mentioned also meditation. Um, but it's, it's part of a way of life sounds like it's not just uh, oh you got your like you mentioned 10 minutes and then you go on with about your day and forget about it it's it's about uh it sounds like creating an atmosphere a headspace if you will to mention the company that <laughs> one of the companies you've invested in uh that accompanies you throughout you know the day and night um is this uh is this something that um, is a growing, it sounds like it's growing from what I've looked at. I've seen a lot of videos. I've seen where there's programs and they're also incorporating it in, in uh, the medical field as well. Um, what are you observing there? And of course, from a business standpoint, that's always a factor. Uh, what, what are the trends, I guess, with mindfulness, if we can use that, that phrase? <laughs> yeah, the, well, the trends, uh, the trends are seeming, seemingly very positive. So yeah. So, uh, you know, consumers began adopting sort of mindfulness apps. Uh, then I've watched, you know, years ago, and then I watched companies begin to incorporate them into, you know, wellness programs. Uh, there are now insurance companies that are, uh, you know, bringing these programs in, you know, for the people that they insure and to the companies, you know, that they work with. Uh, the, you know, things like military is incorporating, uh, and, and even, uh, you know, we have, we have a platform called Happify. So Happify and, mm-hmm. and, and we have another pa- platform called Paratherapeutics. They're actually bringing software through the FDA, uh, and to where companies that have, you know, these types of programs are going to go through and be FDA approved and then reimburse over a period of time as drugs, uh, or I mean, not, not, not as drugs, but in the same sort of process that a drug would go through. So, um, so the, wow. the science seems to indicate that being calm and present and focused and meditating can be as uh, effective at things like anxiety, you know, anxiety, depression, et cetera, as drugs are, or in, yeah. some, t- in some cases maybe better. And so it's really interesting because when, when you can decrease someone's stress or anxiety, actually that then, then the science begins to show that there are multiple uh, health conditions that that can impact. Uh, So everything from like psoriasis to, you know, heart conditions to, uh, you know, just a ton of different conditions that these types of practices may be able to, you know, to help with and, and, at, and at levels that either can improve the efficacy of classic, uh, you know, pharma products, or in some cases, just be standalone, um, you know, prescribed. So, you know, a doctor would prescribe 10 minutes a day of mindfulness, five days mm-hmm. a week, you know, uh, you know, to a patient and, and that could be reimbursed over a period of time. 
I think that's great. That's that's really awesome. I think we're just beginning to understand the the depth of the power of our minds. And in fact, I in our audience knows if they've listened to recent episodes that I uh, I recently was, am re-listening to the audiobook of Think and Grow Rich, uh, which came out I don't know seventy plus years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but kind of one of the first that and as a man thinketh and these other uh, about our. Uh, mind processes and a lot of it is what we modernly refer to as the law of attraction and I know what you're talking about I think that's really really intriguing about as as like a medical treatment not necessarily a pill you take but a, a practice uh, because the effects and there's plenty and plenty of evidence to uh, support that <laughs> like you mentioned the positive effects of of doing this and on the flip side of the coin the negative effects of of not doing mm. it. Um, one, one of the phrases, I was looking at your mission statement on your website. Um, there's a phrase I thought was interesting of mind training. And you mentioned earlier this brain sensing headband. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to elaborate a little bit on, on what mind training is and or how this <laughs> brain sensing headband may or may not flow through uh, that concept. But how, how do we train our minds uh, because some, sometimes I think up until recently, we humans have just kind of let our minds do whatever without a, a lot of conscious effort. H- how do we go about changing that and, and training our minds? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, that, I, the, I think the first answer is there's no one correct way. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of it can just, you know, some of it can just, be to understand and be present to whatever's in our minds and a lot of people aren't they you know they're they're ruminating all the time they're they're you know they're living in other places they're dreaming about the vacation six months from now or thinking about something that happened to them 10 years ago or worried about what's going to happen at their next meeting Um, you can actually begin to train your mind to actually live you know in the present moment and if you're doing that you're probably going to be calm or focused so yeah. uh, Interaxon is a Canadian company that we invested in that makes the Muse. Um, you, can, you, know, you can find it at choosemuse.com. It's a brain-sensing headband that fits on like a pair of glasses, really. And you, know, you connect it to your phone, and they've got various practices um, that you can do to begin to try to meditate. Uh, and then you can get feedback so that you can see, you know, your brain waves, whether or not your brain waves are in a, you know, in a calm or focused state, wow. uh, and you can learn to get more calm or focused over a period of time. You can also begin, you know, so you can train your mind in other ways. Like, so for instance, you can get up in the morning uh, and have a practice of gratitude, where you might just sit in bed and say, "Today, here's ten things I'm grateful for before I wake up." Yeah. Or, you know, choose to smile, uh, you know, really easy things, just like actually, you know, without having to necessarily be happy, just practice smiling, practice gratitude, practice, you know, being, instead of being a victim to what's happening, practice, you know, um, being grateful for the situation, you know, for the things in your life that, um, that you really appreciate. And in doing practices like that, um, you know, practices like wishing other people kindness. Um, you know, even as you walk down the streets, like you can walk by somebody and just like think to, you know, I, I wish you joy and happiness today. And there's an energy around that, that actually science is kind of proving that that is, um, that can really benefit you, uh, from thinking that way as opposed to ruminating. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree 100% with uh, everything you're saying on that. Um, I, I think uh, I, as you're saying this, and I, I think back just a few episodes ago, we talked to somebody about anxiety. Ma- Megan Gallagher is her name, and she's 24 years old. She works with teenagers a lot and stuff, and she's dealt with all kinds of things, real extreme panic attacks and stuff. Have you seen evidence of, of how, I think I've seen some myself, um, mindfulness, um, a, a lot of what goes on with anxiety is thinking about all the possibilities of what can go wrong and this plane could crash and this, you know, um, 
how does this play in with anxiety? I know a lot of people who suffer from this and uh, it's, it's a really big, I don't know if it's, it seems like it's a stronger force in our Western American, especially society, just the way we've lived, at least up until now. We'll get into this topic of this pandemic and stuff maybe in a little bit too, but um, how does this help, assuming it does, with anxiety uh, experiences that people go through, these, these trauma, because it is kind of a traumatic thing going through anxiety. Mm, absolutely. So I'll, I'll just say, first of all, I'm not an expert on anxiety uh, and depression. I'm not a scientist. So, so what I'm saying, you know, is what I've learned from some of those people, but I, I'm not a therapist and I don't consider myself, you know, an expert on it. However, what I do know is that our brains, you know, were developed when we would, you know, live out in the wilderness uh, and we would have, you know, um, you know, we developed a fight or flight response yeah. uh, as to whether or not when we encountered a lion or we encountered, you know, a wild animal that might, you know, that hurt us. Um, we adopted this wonderful fight or flight response. Uh, and that, you know, that was a moment in time and we needed to protect ourselves from that. So what's happened in our society, but that wasn't very often. What's happened in our society is we're now every day, we're bombarded by tens of thousands of messages from marketing. We're, we're bombarded on social media. We are, you know, we're, we're not necessarily living in the present moment that, and so, so our, so we're always triggered like the lion or the tiger is always in front of us. It just is, um, you know, a worry or a concern about this or a fear about that or whatever. So our brains, you know, we're not developed in that way. Um, and so when we're always living in that fight or flight response, it creates stress and anxiety. Uh, yeah. and it, you know, and that actually, um, you know, that manifests itself, uh, not only in, you know, in not being able to live and fully experience and be present to life. Um, but then it creates medical conditions, uh, yeah. over, you know, over a period of time. Um, that worsen because we're not actually, you know, calm, focused, whatever. And so we can't really heal from it either. So, you know, there's a non-scientific and non-therapist, you know, sort of description. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I appreciate your disclaimer on it too, of, you know, not being an expert, but you do have quite a bit of knowledge and a lot of it's real simple principles, like you said, sounds like, to, I mean, we know that our ancestors <laughs> he came from this environment you describe of hunting and gathering and uh, survival and that that's what our minds are trained for over the last uh, zillions of years. <laughs> and so, mm. yeah, that's it. And so it sounds like the solution is a lot of what you're talking about. I love the day and age we live in with all this technology and resources that so many of us take for granted and don't really harness as much as we should that we can make a conscious effort, I think being kind of a key phrase here in our conversation, a conscious effort with some tools, uh, especially to uh, change some of these maybe natural patterns that are taking place and not, not feel guilty about them existing or whatever either. Um, I, I love the name of this Bridge Builders Collaborative, by the way, um, because I you know, we look around right now as we speak in our society, building bridges is the name of the game if we're going to survive as, as a species mm. planet. Um, so what, what is it? Uh, what is our, cause I was looking, like I said, your mission statement, tell me more about this bridge builders collaborative and maybe the, your, the shifted Institute. It sounds like a lot of this go hand in hand of what you do and, and why we named it that and all those things. Tell me more mm. if you would. Yeah. So first I'll talk about shifted. So this is a business that my wife and I, Maureen and I, uh, founded, which is, uh, Really, it's the work that we do in the world. Our, our mission is to ignite consciousness, inspire human potential, and create paradigm shifts. And we both do that in different ways. Uh, the way that I do that, you know, 98% of my time professionally is spent as a managing partner of Bridge Builders Collaborative. So, uh, so Bridge Builders Collaborative is a group of currently nine investment partners that have come together that share a you know share a thesis of what they want to invest and support 
Um, and they come together uh, to do that as opposed to each of them doing it collective, you know, in, individually. So they're a group of high net worth individuals who want to invest in startup companies that take, you know, that, that take concepts that, that help to, you know, help people connect more deeply to themselves or to others um, and uh, platforms that we think can help to elevate human consciousness. We invest in those companies. We support those companies. Mm-hmm. We do it collaboratively because we think we can make better decisions and support companies better uh, together than we can do it on our own. So, uh, so we believe in building bridges, but we also believe in this, you know, this model. And I'd say that, that from a consciousness perspective, you know, this is important because we've lived in this very patriarchal culture uh, where normally there's sort of like, you know, a pyramid structure where one man sits at the top, normally in our country, a white man, uh, and, you know, sort of dictates, uh, and leads and, and it's, you know, and this is currently up in our collective consciousness, um, you know, with a, with a leader of our country that is perfect, perfectly showcasing what this kind of model is. Uh, and we just believe in a much more, in a much different type of a model. I think it's a more feminine model, um, that like we share power. Uh, we collaborate as opposed to, you know, ruling, uh, Mm -hmm. we work, uh, to build things together and we believe that we can create more and, you know, more positive impact through collaboration than we can through, through sort of dictation. Yeah. And so our, you know, so our model is, you know, to support, um, support, but not control and to, uh, empower uh, you know, em- empower entrepreneurs to, you know, to fulfill their missions, uh, and to lend our, you know, and to lend our support to help them be uh, successful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we love the word empower around here, empower humans podcast. And uh, <laughs> everything you said, uh, is really incredible because I, and again, I go back to this Think and Grow Rich 70 plus years ago, where he's talking about, um, boy, it's actually like 70, 80, uh, mm-hmm. any, any event. Um, he's talking about masterminds. He uses this term. And he talks about, he even talks about having an imaginary mastermind. And I've heard people uh, in various, I've seen trainers from Stephen Covey's old seven habits things back in the day and stuff talk about, you know, the people that you aspire to be like, or in a certain area, you know, some people who are religious might have like a, a boardroom with, and Jesus is at the head of the table or whatever, and, and kind of have these mind meetings with the mastermind of sorts, maybe an Abraham Lincoln or these figures that have accomplished certain things that uh, we admire, let's say. Um, I just think there's something to be said for that, both I think in the imaginary realm and in real life. And obviously, your bridge builders collaborative, all these things you're doing is in the world around us, but, uh, our mind's such a powerful thing. The imagination, you know, people always say our mind doesn't know the difference <laughs> between like people imagine they want this or that they want this car or this job, or there's something about that, uh, as well. But how, how important is it this collaborative thing versus, you know, the phrase where we hear, uh, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Um, how important is that versus if one guy is going out there to like, if you're out there by yourself, Charlie, trying to do all this, uh, how important is the collaboration element? Let's say. Well, from, from a consciousness of the planet standpoint, I think if we don't transition, uh, we're, we're like doomed as a species. Um, yeah. So number one, you know, I grew up in a family of patriarchs, um, and you know, that's generations old. Uh, so I understand the patriarchy and I was trained at Harvard business school and, and it may have changed since I was there in the early nineties, but, uh, it was still teaching a model of dominance and suppression when I was there. Uh, and while I, you know, have a lot of respect for the institution, uh, I didn't resonate with the leadership style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I'm a white male, so I own that, uh, at the same time. I have, I'm very much in touch with my feminine side and my masculine side. And um, 
from and and we've we've really lost this uh, this collaborative um, problem solving uh, and you know to a patriarchal system and we're sitting here uh, that system has created uh, a lot of destruction uh, destruction of natural resource destruction of you know including other people. Um, separating, you know, separating people, creating division and divisiveness, a collaborative model actually kind of looks at everyone's gifts, unique talents, unique perspective, uh, and tries to solve a problem using everyone's expertise. Uh, it's a very inclusive model and, um, and one that, um, you know, my sense is that, uh, you know, it, that, that in excluding the feminine and living in this patriarchal system for thousands of years, we now really are faced with a choice of whether or not we want to continue that way uh, or if we want to, um, if we want to transition, you know, to a different model uh, where it's not all about dominance and suppression. Yeah, well, this dominance suppression uh position doesn't really uh, have much substance behind it to, to make an argument, <laughs> to defend it. And the world around us, I think, is obviously, like you mentioned, we talked about here, a byproduct of that. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, there's, there's not much to be said. In other words, the flip side where you talk about collaborating as a society, it requires some, some real uh, developed human traits of some humility some uh, acknowledgement that I don't know everything. I'm not the best because I'm this, I'm that, I'm white, I'm tall, I'm short, I went to this or that school or live in this or that country, speak whatever language, that we as a human society are one and that we, st that we wise up and actually rise to the occasion, actually uh, live and behave as such. Um, and I know I'm just echoing some of what you said in other words. I, I like that you're talking about this feminine and masculine side. Um, why is it that we men, I, I think you've probably observed two in your life, correct me if I'm wrong, but we men sometimes are, I don't think I personally am, to be honest, but there's a tendency to, oh, we can't be feminine, we can't be affectionate, we can't be, we have to be this hard-nosed, uh, cold <laughs> kind of thing as men. Um, and was it hard for you to get to that place of acknowledging and embracing this this feminine side of of what we can be it's interesting so my wife actually and i refer to her quite a bit um and i, I call her the That's wisdom good. of our family uh so my wife actually got me involved it got us involved in an organization called the representation project she was on the board for mm. a period of time uh and and we we became associate producers of a film called The Mask You Live In. Uh, and it was really one of the first uh, portrayals or documentaries to actually describe what happens uh, to men in our society uh, and, and the masks that, you know, that we put on yeah. in order to live in a culture that, you know, that you're beginning to sort of describe. So, so men, you know, come into the world and, you know, we actually, as young kids, we actually have emotion and we actually, a lot of us, uh, you know, are very caring uh, and kind and compassionate. And then we get trained out of that um, in, you know, late elementary school, um, yeah. certainly by junior high school. Puberty time. Um, it's a, yeah, it's about dominance. It's about winning. It's about not, you know, don't, you can't have emotions. Mm. Um, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, derogatory terms that, that men use for people, you know, that are kind or compassionate. Don't cry. Um, you know, man up all of these words and the, and this, <laughs> the, the masculine living is such a beautiful description of this. Uh, so, so I am quite different and, you know, I'm in touch with, um, I'm in touch with my feminine side. I, um, it's actually, uh, it's actually my, a superpower of mine. Um, it is, uh, you know, to, to be able to collaborate, 
uh, and lead in a, you know, in a different way. I can actually, you know, help co-create global movements um, because, you know, because I lead in this way. I'm very comfortable with my emotions. I have no problem crying. I have no problem being kind, compassionate, empathetic. Um, and it's, it, you know, that to me is a strength. And uh, I, I, you know, in my own awakening, I guess I had to, you know, I had to get more comfortable with that or I had the opportunity to get more comfortable with that. And, you know, I don't really, you know, I had to give up caring what people thought of me if I was that. Um, and, yeah. you know, there's a lot of resistance from men to actually, you know, to, there's curiosity, but who wants to be the guy, you know, if you're sitting around with a bunch of guys who, you know, somebody tells, um, you know, somebody tells it, you know, a really bad joke, mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, is derogatory towards women and you say, stop that, um, stop using these nicknames, stop. I mean, it's, uh. Uh, you know, it takes some courage and I, I just hope more men, uh, I, I hope a lot of people can watch that film if they haven't and really understand the destruction that we're doing to our men and our boys uh, by creating a society where we're talked out of our feminine side mm, and punished yeah. for having it. Yeah. On various levels, punished, you know, shamed, uh, all kinds of things. And that's the, so the mask you live in, I'm going to look for that. Uh, maybe you could show me how we can watch that after the fact here. Maybe we'll put a link if there's a way that way. But uh, I love what you're saying. I love the phrase in touch with because it implies it's there whether you like it or not. So becoming in touch with it is living your truth, living in the truth of what we really fully are as people, not living this limited version uh, and living in defense mode that, oh, I can't, I can't be that because then I'm less than I'm girly. Then I'm all these things. I remember my older brother used to say, you know, I'd cry or whatever. He'd say, be a man, stop crying. The kind of stuff you're saying that mm -hmm. we've all heard. And I, you know, I talked to the guys who wrote the book, the boy crisis, uh, mm. tons of great stuff in that book, highly recommended. And, and look at your film too. So I don't want to shift gears too much here, but we're in this pandemic thing still, as, as we record this at least. And uh, how does all this apply in the pandemic situation, the economic slowdown that we've experienced? And uh, in terms of what you do in business-wise and these apps, and uh, how can people benefit and rise to the occasion as we all build bridges together, hopefully, as a global society? Uh, in terms, you know, in light of this pandemic crisis that we've gone through. I was talking, uh, you know, a few weeks ago at a conference and the first speaker was um, Patrick Kennedy. Uh, Patrick introduced the Mental Health Parity Act in Congress, uh, was the, and he's the son of Edward Kennedy. Uh, and, you know, what he said is, you know, the, the, the second mental health crisis uh, after COVID, it, it, well, the, 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 you know, the second pandemic is the mental health crisis coming from, you know, from the first crisis. So, yeah. um, and, and that was before we had the protests, uh, and this other crisis, which is, you know, which is in, in many ways, a deeper mental health crisis of how we have treated and included other people for, for so long in our society. So, uh, so from an industry perspective, you know, as investors, uh, I would say, you know, it's, a, it's actually a really good time. Um, people are uh, paying more attention to mental health. There, uh, you know, there are more people who are beginning to meditate, you know, as a way to cope with the stress. A lot of times the suffering, you know, in my own case, I can just own that, you know, the suffering had to get to a point um, where, you know, where I really, I really didn't have many options left. Um, you know, before I sort of said, I need to get help, uh, and I need to, you know, and I need to get more in touch with myself. Um, and so this crisis is providing that as an opportunity. It's actually providing multi multiple opportunities. Um, you know, so, so the apps, you know, that, that, that we've invested in, um, are you know doing well actually uh, companies are more interested if they were thinking about purchasing a solution you know mindfulness solution before like a company like e-mindful 
then, you know, then they're willing, they're more willing to want to do that now. Uh, training, you know, in-person training is being replaced by, you know, online or, or app platforms. Um, so that's working in our favor. Uh, wow. And, you know, people are, people are looking to, some of our apps have communities in them. You know, there's a different way to foster a community, you know, in a time of crisis. So I'd say, you know, it's, it's a really difficult and challenging time. And, you know, for the, for the thesis that we're interested in, it's actually, you know, it's actually a really good time. Yeah. Uh, people are paying more, you know, more attention. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's uh, I'm glad uh, it's you, you find the silver lining of all these things. And, and this virus itself is really just the tip of the iceberg of, of everything that's going on because all the mental health I heard somewhere uh, relatively authoritative that I don't, remember off the top of my head the source that in California alone they had a year's worth of suicides in about a month and uh, whether that's exactly accurate or not I know all these rates of these ugly things have gone uh, a lot higher because people are suffering uh, lost a job financial strain and the illness itself and out, you know kids out of school and all these I'm stressed sitting here because I've got boys 8 and 10 one of them about to be 11 go to middle school wondering, well, how's the school year going to start here in the state of Nevada, um, let alone Utah, Minnesota, California, all these other states we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Too. And what are they going to do? What are these kids going to do? Am I going to have to be in my own school, school teacher? But instead, of, again, going back to the beginning of what you talked about, not living in that possibility of, oh, this or that, and the crisis gets worse, but living in the present moment and finding answers within uh, – within ourselves and within the resources we collaborate, hopefully as a society, to do whatever the best outcome we can do given the circumstances. Um, that's just, I guess, me sounding off here. Cause yeah, I mean, <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, again, uh, bring up my wife, um, you know, the way she sort of describes this is uh, we, um, you know, we, it, it, it's helpful when we learn we're not in control. And, and we spend so much of our life and I'm owning, you know, I'm owning my own uh, crap here um, mm-hmm. that I constantly, you know, have thought in the past that, you know, I need to be in control. Well, the fact is you're not in control of what's going to happen with school this year. Um, so, mm-hmm. so you can be in control of the choices that you make around it with the information that you have in any given moment, but you're not in control of what happens. I mean, look at the pandemic and, and how many plans we all might, you know, might've had for this year. And the fact is yeah. um, we are not in control. Uh, and yet in every moment we have choice as to how we interact with the world. And that is really our power. Uh, and, and, you know, again, owning my own stuff, you know, I, I really thought my power was being in control um, for such a long time. And I still struggle with it sometimes is, is and the fact is I'm not. And what happens when you get to the point of understanding that you're not? Because mm-hmm. um, that's a, for a lot of people, that, that can be a really challenging place. Yeah, yeah, it is. And for those of us, you know, speaking a little personally here, um, I come from a family situation that like a lot of people that was pretty strained and divorced parents and so on too. And, and sometimes that's intensified in those situations where, Oh, now I have to like uh, reach and grab for control just out of insecurity from past wounds or whatever that have been created. So, but I like what you're saying because there's a piece in letting go sometimes just let go because there's, we, we shouldn't embrace a delusion and the delusion that we actually have control over certain aspects that we don't. The, the only thing we really ultimately ever have control over is, is our actions, mindset, and you know, behaviors influence uh, in the world and people around us. And it's, uh, again, I'm, I guess, just echoing what you said. <laughs> mm. we, we need to just embrace that reality. And it, and it simplifies it, doesn't it? Because we get all anxious, uh, complicating all our thought processes. And then at the core, most of that we don't have control over. We have control over how we are here and now and do our best with whatever, whatever the world dishes out. Mm. But, uh, 
I, you know, I'm looking here and I, I think also about what you talked about with human potential. Again, I don't want to shift gears and you can add to some of these things as well still uh, as far as the pandemic and so on. But uh, what, what is the human potential? We talk a lot about it. Do, do we have any thoughts as it concerns obviously what you do? Um, how much are we living below our potential as, as human beings, would you say? <laughs> uh, and, and how can these apps and other resources help us? Yeah, I think when you get down to it, so when you get down to it and, and you, you just described this, you know, in your own family system and, and we have, you know, uh, I have my own family system that have really destructive behaviors uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of stories and conditioning and, uh, and, you know, where we're programmed to be a certain way versus understanding at a deep level who we actually really are and thinking that we're separate versus being connected. Uh, all of these, you know, all of these illusions uh, from my standpoint stand in the way of what is our human potential. Mm-hmm. And when we're living a life that someone else programmed or we're not connected to our own unique gifts and potential um, to what our purpose is and we're not living you know, and we're not living to that, then are we living in this, you know, abundant life, which I believe uh, is a right for all of us uh, to live a happy and abundant life. And uh, it can be really challenging to go through the process of, you know, of looking at that and, uh, and and looking at the programming and the stories and the way we've been treated and and our own personality traits because of that uh, and you know and then doing the work to try to get beyond that and to really connect with you know who with who we are authentically and and why are we on this planet what are we here to do what are we here to be uh, and uh, so. I'm, you know, that sort of addresses the human potential, but the the human potential really is inside each of us. And, you know, the question really is, do we want to, uh, you know, do do we want to unlock that? Yeah. And as you say that, it occurs to me too, that finding our potential within us largely uh, can come through a lot of the things we're talking about here, this mindfulness, introspective, uh, view getting to this peaceful calm place uh, and receiving for lack of a better word inspiration as to what and who we are and supposed to be and and the depth of that potential um, and then follow with the right actions to get there uh, so it's great stuff this uh, this mindfulness uh, stuff I've, I went to a therapist some time ago and his whole philosophy around just therapy and having these sessions and stuff was all about mindfulness and then of course homework to do a lot of these things um outside of uh outside of all that um so what else, what else would we like to cover here before we wrap up because i know uh you got places to go and things to do here mm-hmm. as well as do i but um again i tell a lot of my guests this we could go on and on and on and on for hours these are really deep awesome topics i love it mm-hmm. <laughs> what are what are some final thoughts uh as it concerns what you do and uh, how people can help themselves and some tools may be available to them. Uh, I don't, you know, it's, uh, some, some tools. I mean, my favorite tool uh, that I use that we, that we've invested in is, is a company is an app called insight timer. Uh, it's got 7,000 global spiritual teachers interacting with a community of 16 million and 40 languages. It's free. There are 45 thousand free meditations available to you know to everyone on the planet for free um wow i um insight you know, timer is that what you said insight timer yeah okay uh, uh so you know so there are there are different tools find the ones the ones that work for you but um uh, you know one of the things that i continually work on and encourage you know of other people is just try to be kind to yourself uh and 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 take time for yourself to connect to yourself find people to support you along your journey 
If you want to sort of go deeper, this is not something that you can just go do yourself. Uh, it takes, you know, support, like you were saying for you as a therapist. Uh, I've used many different practitioners to help me along my path. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not something where you just sort of sit by yourself and become enlightened. Uh, it is, you know, it's a, it's a path, it's a journey. Um, and so there are various tools along the way. Uh, you can go to bbcollaborative.com, which is our website, to find out some of the tools that, that we have invested in to support you know, personal growth. Uh, or more conscious awareness, uh, and mm-hmm. but you know, choose kindness and compassion towards other people, uh, and kindness and compassion towards yourself. Yeah, I love that. Uh, it's we're all a work in progress, awakening to these things. You talked about your, and we've talked to a lot of people recently about awakenings that they've had. Um, I think it's a real, we talked in our first episode about some principles and one of the first things was awakening. We have to awaken to a real deep, raw sense of what we are and what we're capable of and face all of it, all of it, not, oh, this is convenient. We'll face this, face all of it. And, And in so doing, I think we can accomplish a lot of the things we're talking about here. And it, and it takes work, conscious effort, all these things, but, uh, kind of habits that we develop. Uh, so I appreciate everything you've had to share with us. Um, I uh, want to, like you said, take people to this website, bbcollaborative.com, that insight uh, timer app that you mentioned and some of the other resources. And uh, we're in this together. If you're feeling alone or whatever to our audience, and I'll mention some of this in our intro too, but uh, reach out for help to people. Don't, don't, uh, don't do anything dumb and don't uh, hurt yourself or anything either because there's plenty of reasons for hope and positivity. Um, so Charlie, awesome. Great stuff, my friend. Uh, again, bbcollaborative.com. That's it, my friend. I appreciate it. And to our audience, as usual, empower yourself, empower the world around you. Thanks so much for listening to Empower Humans. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review this podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit EmpowerHumans.com. We'll catch you next time.